Today is Monday, November 15th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger, and Brett is not with us today, but we have a very special guest, and that would be my daughter, Hannah Bulger. Hey, everybody. So glad she is here with us as we talk about the prophet Amos together. So with that, let us begin with prayer. Gracious God, enable us to hear you over the noisiness of our lives of the thoughts that crowd in. May we hear only you, and in hearing, may we be transformed. Amen. Amen. So listen now from the book of Amos, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 15. Hear this word I take up over you in lamentation, O house of Israel. Fallen no more to rise is maiden Israel forsaken on her land, with no one to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, The city that marched out a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which marched out a hundred shall have ten left. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. But do not seek Bethel, and do not enter into Gingal or cross over the Beersheba, For Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, for he will break out against the house of Joseph like a fire, and it will devour Bethel, and no one can quench it. Ah, you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground, the one who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the surface of the earth, the Lord is his name, who makes destruction flash out against the strong so that destruction comes upon the fortress. They hate the one who reproves in the gate and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you have not lived in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate." Therefore, the prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Well, Hannon, thank you so much for joining us. Hannon is a junior in high school, one of the smartest people I know, one of my favorite people. (laughs) So Hannon, for everyone to get to know you a little bit, 
We've got a weekend coming up. You got any fun weekend plans? My really fun weekend plans consist of ACT prep. You are a wild woman. I know. I know. Practicing for that test is really amazing. That's almost as exciting as my weekend plans, which are sleeping on the couch. Yeah. That's my weekend (laughs) plan, and I'm really good at it. All right, Haney, let me tell you what I know about Amos. Amos is, this is when the, the kingdom is divided. There's a southern kingdom of Judah, and there's a northern kingdom called Israel. Amos lives in Judah, but he's talking to Israel. And there are things that God has told Amos to point out against. And the two things that Israel are doing very wrong, one is that they're not caring for the poor. There's no justice in the society of Israel at that time. And that's particularly offensive because it's a prosperous, stable nation at this point. The second thing is that through Amos, God says that the worship of the people in Israel is just rote. That they just do it and think that, um, you know, if they don't change their lives, that somehow because they've worshipped, that's enough. So we'll talk about both of those. We'll talk about the worship stuff on Friday. But first, this idea that this prosperous nation is supposed to be someone who cares about justice and takes care of the poor. That's an interesting point because Jesus certainly says that also. But how do we live that out? What are your thoughts on taking care of the poor? I think taking care of the poor has become a really political issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people like to gripe about having higher taxes. And I understand that. That's really human. Yeah. Um, But I think as Christians, we're called to be servants of people, especially those who aren't as fortunate as us. And I think, you know, a higher tax is kind of a way of carrying out that servant duty. Yes. Even though it's affiliated with the state, quote unquote, it's still a way to care for those who are poor. Right. And I mean, a lot of people like to say that, um, you know, you can work for your money, but there are people who are, you know, horrible alcoholics Mm -hmm. and may not deserve anything, you know, to some people, but they have children, you know. They, it's, everybody deserves to eat. Everybody deserves food. And health care. Mm-hmm. And I think like the cornerstone of our faith is we don't deserve any of God's grace and yet he gives right. it to us anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I think that, I think that too, but that's also just one way. Like there are other ways that you can care for the poor. Um, we at church, like right now, we have that um, Santa for Seniors tree up yeah, where you can buy Christmas that. gifts for folks, right? <laughs> That's always really good. We do a lot of mission at the church. Mm-hmm. And so every time we put a dollar in the collection plate, mm-hmm. a part of that we is going to take care of those who have less. Um, I think maybe, tell me what you think about this, there are probably as many ways to care for the poor as there are people. Right, um, yeah. But I do think that what Amos would say and what Jesus would say is that If you are going to be a person of faith, if you're going to call on the name of Jesus Christ, you have to care for the poor and you have to care that there is justice in the world. Yeah. So, and that's kind of (laughs) countercultural. I mean, I think so. And I think that caring for the poor means a lot of different things to people. Yeah. And I think that the type of care that Christians need to have is um, a care that is unconditional. Um, that's not bound by any terms or any, you know, beliefs. Like, I think we can show care to people who we don't like 
um, who have done terrible things. And I think that's the most Christian thing we can do. Boy, that's a really good word. I think you're right. And I also think that it's a huge, huge job. But I don't think we let the enormity of the problem prevent us from doing what we can. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody's solving world hunger, but I do think like the smallest thing can turn around someone's life. Yeah. I always think about, do you remember Ted Walker at Friendship? (laughs) Yeah. At my last church, Ted and I used to have this argument all the time, and it was about when people were begging for money. On the side of the road. Uh Uh-huh. And Ted would say, you absolutely do not give them money, ever, ever, ever. Under any condition. Uh Uh-huh. Because they'll use it for something they shouldn't. And my thought was... I will spend $5 on lip gloss. Right. And so that's ridiculous. So I should give someone. And I've also felt like what they do with the money is on them. That's not what I me. think too. I think, you know, giving money, you know, I think that it clears your conscience. There's nothing. You've done what you can do. And I think the rest is in the other person's hands and on the other person's mind. And I think if, I think if there's somebody who is struggling so badly to ask for money on the side of the road and they go and spend that on liquor, then if that's getting them through the day Aww, and if that's fulfilling yeah. them, that's it's honestly more sad for them than it is yeah. for us. We can feel like we've at least added something to their life. And I love that Ted and I disagreed, but he's also the person who went to Mexico every year for like 35 years and built homes. Right. And, you know, the disagreement never affected your relationship with yeah. him. He still loved you. Yeah. So. Annie, thank you so much. Would you be interested in reading our closing quote for us that is from Elie Wiesel? Yes. Thank you for saying that name because I would not have been able to say it. <laughs> okay. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time where we fail to protest. Thank you. you. Elie, Amen. Elie Wiesel, okay. right? You know yeah. who that is? He wrote Night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holocaust survivor (laughs) and activist. Yes. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll have Hanny here with us all week. But now may you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.